The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. It is nine minutes after eight. Welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, sometime last year, there was an article written by uh, William Kumede. Uh, he he raised the issue of what he referred to as a new wave of tribalism, which is threatening, according to him, to unravel South Africa's infant democracy, destroy economic development, and unleash devastating, devastating ethnic violence if it is not stopped decisively. He went on to say this apparent new upsurge in tribalism in South Africa appears to be driven by a number of factors. Uh, appallingly poor leadership at a political level he, is one of the issues. A perception has taken root that to be successful in South Africa whether in securing a job or a tender in the public and private sectors, depends mostly on who you know, and the country appears to have become a patronage-based society rather than a merit-based one. That was just one of the articles. But also, um, when we were discussing here on the program the uh, decision by the University of KwaZulu-Natal to compel um, undergrads to now take Zulu uh, as one of the modules, uh, there were a lot of, uh, in terms of the reaction that we received, a lot of people suggesting that that may have something to do with what they called um, tribal hegemony or even language hegemony. Uh, we've decided to talk about this issue uh, of tribalism in South Africa, whether it exists or is it just a matter of perceptions. In fact, uh, it has come through quite on a number of programs uh, in the recent past. Tribalism in South Africa, does it really exist or is it about a perception? Let me welcome here in our studios Dr. Ngedi Sinlekiana. He's the head of the political economy at the faculty um, at the Mapungube Institute for Strategic Reflection, MISTRA. Dr. Nlekiana, good to see you again. Good morning. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. On the other line, I have Dr. Matole Mutsekha, ANC's chief whip. Dr. Mutsekha, good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Kulani. Thank you. Uh, you wrote about this a couple of years ago, uh, Dr. Nlekiana, but the perspective you were taking is political management of ethnic perception within the ANC? Mm-hmm. Well, I think ethnic, we have to distinguish between ethnic stereotypes and politicization of ethnicity. Stereotypes do exist. Uh, there are people, because they are, so to speak, or closer speaking, think they are greater than other people. Mm-hmm. And these are stereotypes that are nurtured in kind of monolingual communities. Uh, you know, so the problem, and that's just, that's not really a problem, and it's not a South African phenomenon. You have that globally. The Italians, for instance, have some stereotypes about the French and the French about the Germans and all that. Mm. But the problem is when those ethnic stereotypes are given a political life. That, for instance, you have to vote for a, a person of your own ethnic group. That then has the potential to create ethnicity. Mm or rather uh, political instability. In South Africa, South Africa was was configured in a way that reinforced ethnic stereotypes. The provinces, for instance, KZN is, is, is uh, almost exclusively Zulu-speaking, Eastern Cape almost Posa-speaking. Uh, you do have, obviously, provinces that are diverse in terms of language. Mm-hmm. Even within townships, Soweto, for instance, you have Shawela, predominantly apparently Shangan speaking, you have Mdeni Zulu speaking and all that. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 our residential spaces were created or engineered in a way that gave reality to the issue of ethnicity. That, for instance, people of the same ethnic group prefer to live together mm-hmm. to the exclusion of others. So there is a social reality to ethnicity. Uh, the responsibility of leadership, therefore, is to ensure that that social reality does not mutate to a political phenomenon. 
So we need to manage contestations in a way that doesn't give life or reality to ethnicity within the political space. The ANC had this problem. There are a lot of commissions that were established within the ANC in exile, about three or four of them. Uh, the findings of which have been quite difficult to get from some of our researchers, or rather mm. for some of our researchers. Um, but it is something that the movement has also been speaking about. Paolo Jordan uh, has been writing about the, uh, the troublesome nature of ethnicity within the movement. The, the, where we are now, it would seem that there has been a resurgence of that. Within, within the ANC and perhaps within our society at large. Mm. Um, and that is where the management uh, becomes quite critical. Mm. We cannot deny it. As I said, it has a social reality. Yeah. It's always been there. It's always been uh, there. And I want to know where we are in South Africa. You're saying that in South Africa, that social rea- reality has mutated. It has now become a political reality. Yes. that You see, we... we I mean... You would you would be familiar, obviously, with how the IFP used to mobilize support for itself. Mm. Um, even the Zulu King was involved in that project of giving the I, the IFP this ethnic orientation. Mm. Like, for instance, if you are a Zulu speaker, you needed to vote for the IFP. Mm. So this was this was quite quite entrenched within our politics. It was not only reinforced by the party government, by political entrepreneurs within the black community, primarily the IFP, and of course you had other homeland parties, uh, you have the Matanzima, the Serbians, who did the same thing. And a, a bit of that was then transferred into post-apartheid politics. The, uh, the, the IFP continued to mobilize along ethnic lines, um, they firmed with the, with the, with the, te- with the, with the uh, uh, overt support of the apartheid state, uh, in, the, in the early 90s to the early to 94-95 where they the, the, um, uh, recruited uh, and, and, and sold ethnic instability in urban areas, killing people who did not speak their own language or people who did not support the IFP. What has now happened is that a bit of that has remained with us. Um, there were quite a lot of, quite a lot of talk uh, in the period, for instance, leading towards Polokwane and indeed towards Mangawong, that Zulu speakers in the KZN were somewhat uh, nudged, if not forced, to vote for a Zulu speaker in the form of, in the person of uh, uh, Jacob Zuma. Mm. Um, and, and that kind of talk uh, became quite prominent um, to, a, to a point where people were beginning uh, to become concerned that you are now uh, having a reassertion that the new ANC was becoming a reincarnation of the IFP, um, and you would you would see indications of this, for instance, in in the in the in how the the, the support of the ANC has panned out in the last few years, that KZN has become the growth point of the ANC in the last election, for instance, national elections. The ANC lost an average of about 5-6 percentage points in all the provinces, but gained by 17 or so percent in KZN, mm. and it became the majority party um, uh, for the first time in the history of the post-apartheid society. So you have indications of, of this association between ethnicity and political choice that people make. But does that mean that the ANC now may uh, be even going as far as encouraging this ethnicity? The ANC itself obviously frowns upon this. They speak quite strongly against it. 
the ANC, the formation of the ANC was an attempt to transcend ethnic identity and form a nation. They continue to be critical about it. But there are opportunists within the ANC, opportunists that the ANC have themselves been critical of, who use ethnicity uh, to gain political support within the party. Um, so it might not be uh, actively, or it is not a policy of the party, the party discourages it, but that doesn't stop uh, certain political entrepreneurs or ethnic entrepreneurs within the party using their own ethnicity to gain support. All right, let's hear from uh, the ANC chief with then, Dr. Matola Msecha. Firstly, uh, uh, again, just going back to the initial question about whether the issue of tribalism in this country is only by a figment of other people's imagination, or is it a reality? Uh, <coughs> I think that uh, when we look at the origins of the whole concept of uh, African nationalism, Pan-African nationalism, and the roots of the ANC itself, uh, you will find that uh, ethnic mobilization has never been the question. And that, in fact, when the ANC was formed, what was condemned was racial and ethnic uh, mobilization. It is true that... uh, You know, in the history of movements, uh, there have always arisen elements that wanted to uh, mobilize ethnically. But to suggest that as we speak now, that there is an upset of such a a type of uh, political mobilization in the ANC, it cannot be true. Because those of us uh, who are inside the ANC now, who were inside the ANC when we went to Bulukwani, we went to Mangau, we know how our candidates were nominated uh, democratically within party caucuses. And uh, there is no record anywhere of anybody, and I don't even know that believe that anybody can rise in any ANC meeting and suggest that a particular candidate should be nominated on the basis of ethnicity. But this so concern, they, so, they, sorry, this concern, Dr. Mutsekha, is not just uh, coming from outside the ANC. And I'm again looking at an article, uh, article that was published on the 19th of April 2012 last year. The, the party's leadership in the Limpopo region of Mobani drafted a document in which it urged the ruling party to win the war against tribalism. The document, which regional leaders say they would table at the party's forthcoming provincial policy conference, analyzes the causes and consequences of tribalism. This, this issue uh, of the worry about tribalism is not just from analysts, but it also comes from within the ANC itself. But you, you will know that uh, building organization and building a nation is a continuous thing. Uh, you know that the ANC now has uh, more than a million members. And some of the people that join the ANC now still have to be educated on uh, the non-racial, the non-ethnic, non-tribal policy of the ANC. Now, uh, if uh, you have new people that uh, may have such tendencies, you have to speak about it, you have got to question about it, you have got to educate about it. But to suggest that uh, the ANC, uh, for instance, uh, has been 
uh, is now dominated by uh, Zulu speakers because of the resurgence of the aliens uh, of tribalism. It cannot, uh, it cannot be true. They, what we do is that we build organization, and it is an open secret that when we uh, went to uh, Mangaung, for instance, the biggest delegation came from KZN because the organization building had, was effective there. Hmm. But uh, also there was no delegation from any province that alone could decide on leadership because uh, uh, the caucuses of various provinces come together and look at the uh, nominated candidates and say who would be best to take the agenda okay. of the African National Congress forward. Okay, just uh, again talking about, about evidence that exists, and people will point to some of the things, like for instance, car stickers that people have pointed to lately, Shumela Venda, 100% Shangan, 100% Zulu, and so on, and they're saying it's it's unheard of, well it wasn't at least until recently that there are these stickers going around, which may very well mean that not just within the ANC but also in society, there's this resurgence of, resurgence of tribalism You know uh, there are certain things that uh, get uh, exaggerated uh, you know for instance uh, when we went to Mangau. Uh, there was a lot of frustration within some uh, structures because of the experiences that uh, people had. And then they had uh, their preferences. And the, uh, the preferences obviously would come from one background to another. So that uh, I wouldn't read much into this 100% so-and-so, 100% uh, so-and-so, because uh, if you look at those kinds of labels, they had not come from a formal uh, constitutional structure of the ANC. It's just the uh, individuals that uh, come and popularize that, but that cannot be used to characterize the ANC as uh, having become uh, uh, tribalistic or ethnic. But, but shouldn't the ANC, wh- whose very formation was against tribalism, uh, raise a voice when it sees these kind of things and discuss them, come up with a program to deal with them? You have yourself just said that uh, the Limpopo uh, ANC uh, warned against uh, against that. So, which means that wherever it happens, if leadership picks it up, uh, they deal with it. But the examples that are being given by our friend here, for instance, the introduction of Zulu language at uh, the university in KZN, that is the policy of the organization. Uh, here in Parliament, right now, we've been debating this thing and even saying that, uh, you know, at least one indigenous language must be, uh, you know, compulsory sure. uh, in, the, in the schools and in the university. So it's not a, a, a KZ issue uh, alone. That's what we want, that African languages must be affirmed, must be mainstreamed, must be used. Okay. And the fact that the ANC, as uh, our friend says, uh, established commissions in the uh, outside the country, uh, is because uh, to be tribalistic or mobilize ethnically is an offense under the ANC constitution. So I don't think that uh, we can send a message which says uh, there is a resurgence of ethnicity in the ANC, but uh, in society generally. We are saying that uh, the president convened the uh, summit on social cohesion and nation building. 
and uh, we came up with the values of constitutionalism, uh, Ubuntu, because Ubuntu is a glue that binds us together. It transcends race, class, uh, ethnicity, and, uh, and so on. All right. Let me read some SMSs. I'm going to come back to you, uh, Dr. Ndekiana, in a minute. But also, I see some people have called. Please give me a call. 0891 All right. Somebody says, please check government departments. You'll be shocked. Uh, another one says, compelling everyone to do Zulu is wrong. What if already uh, I'm doing Sibedi? Uh, that's Tinti Matecha. Um, uh, guest, how do we eradicate this problem when just last year the Zulu king told his people to vote for Zuma? because uh, he was their fellow tribesmen, said, hey, tribalism will destroy this country if not managed well. I see this trend simmering under this administration, uh, Doelan in Pretoria. J.R. in Johannesburg, facts be told, Mandela started the trend by having a Kosa-dominated government. He is to blame, so Zuma and whoever follows will do the same. Uh, another one says, ethnicity will continue as long as we speak of Amazulu instead of Zulu or Kosa-speaking Africans. Africanism is what must uh, be key to building our nation. That's from Kosimaglatuga. The NC has created a new tribe called corruption and this is the most dangerous tribe of all that's Mike and Newlands um, I like it when Matata Tsedu said on radio that it's a coincidence that when Zuma is RSA president we have more Zulu ministers he went on to say that it was also a coincidence that when Mbegi was president there were more Kosa ministers I now say it will also be a coincidence that after Zuma's era uh, and when different ethnic president from the past two above more ministers will be from the new ethnic group that's called in Pulugwane. Uh, tribalism is growing under the watchful eye of the ANC. The boards of s- and, and senior posts now mirror a certain ethnic group. The ANC hates whites. We can see it. They just won't allow it uh, or they won't say it out loud. Mpumi Kalibe in PE, remember the 100% Zulu boy poster support for Zuma during his rape trial. Ross, we can't deny the existence of tribalism any further. Let government uh, set targets so that other tribes also benefit. Um, KB, I'm a member of the ANC and I'm Zulu. I'm seriously worried about the resurgence of tribalism and patriarchy in South Africa in Mosul, in KZN. There are so many SMSs coming through. Just a, a quick response before I go to the lines, uh, Dr. Ndlikian. Well, I think it doesn't really help us denying the saliency of ethnicity within our politics. Um, the ANC itself, as I said earlier, has written uh, quite prominently about this. So to deny it is really it doesn't help anyone. Um, we need, though, to ensure that our policies are consistent with what we believe. What we do has to be consistent with our announcements. To some degree, um, the issue of language uh, has not been handled properly. I fully support the idea of encouraging people to speak other languages other than their own. Because in South Africa, as I said earlier, people are still caught up within their own monolingual communities. I remember in the 90s, for instance, when I was at VETS, uh, people from the Eastern Cape, fellow Kosa speakers, would be surprised that I could speak Sutu. Mm. They would say, Can't you know your title? We had series. This is 90s. Chaps my age. And this is a function of growing within a, a monolingual community. And you have a lot of those in South Africa. So to encourage people to speak other languages then enable them to break through their ethnic barriers. So for me, that would be a very good thing to do. And secondly, 
We need to guard against renaming or using renaming to reaffirm ethnic identities of these spaces. The idea, for instance, of calling a capital city in Africa Tswane, giving it an ethnic orientation when we are supposed to be the pioneers of African Renaissance, I find it quite absurd in the extreme. Um, we, we, we need to reimagine ourselves in a different way. This, this doesn't mean that we, we, we have to denounce our own ethnic heritage. But we have to be mindful that we are trying to build a republic beyond an ethnic group. And a republic requires universal values. Right. I'm, I'm going to come back to some of those issues that you've raised, but let me take some calls. Uh, there is Anonymous on the line. Good morning. Hi. Uh, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I'm from Civil Society, and one of the initiatives we have, I've set up a public company, a non-profit uh, organization and the book that I don't think it's fair that I should uh, I don't want to sell the book but I know the deputy president did the photo of the book and uh, the book uh, is of our stalwarts and in that book I, we, we talk about Ubuntu and for my research I, I, I my observations are that uh, our uh, tribal culture western culture is impregnated or polluted uh, uh, tribal um, and now what we're doing, we actually are publishing, and I'm a non-profit publisher. Okay. It's all about empowering. So we're doing a special publication, the actual true spirit of right. Ubuntu. Okay, so all right. Ubuntu, uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. thank you very thank much you. for thank taking you very my much. call. Right, it's 8.30. Let's take the news. But again, keep those calls coming. 0891-104-208, 0891-104-208. I'll look at your SMSs as well. 34701. Email me at gwala x at sabc.co.za. 8.30. Good morning, Fabakshini. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Talking about what some analysts have referred to as a new wave of tribalism in this country, threatening South Africa's young democracy. They're talking about the resurgence uh, of uh, tribalism. And we're getting your thoughts on this issue, 891 My guest, remember, Dr. Ntobi Sintekiana, he is the head of the political economy faculty at the Mapungubia Institute for Strategic Reflections, Mr. Uh, Dr. Ntekiana, thanks indeed for staying with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Dr. Matula Mutsekha, ANC's chief whip. Uh, we're going to go to the lines in a minute, but let me read some some. SMSs, if I may, here. Uh, there's one that uh, comes from uh, what I hear from uh, Dr. Mutsaka is denialism at its best. I'm expecting him to deny everything. That's uh, Doelan in Pretoria. Um, if two or three tribes were to cooperate in a way that consolidates power between themselves to the exclusion of others, uh, will this not be tribal? Uh, Dr. Tijano will respond to that. Um, everyone knows that Amandebela, the first Ngunis to occupy the former Transvaal province, but Isindebela is excluded from being an official language uh, in Tuane and Joburg metros. Instead, Isizulu was included. There's no street with uh, Tuane or Joburg metros is named after Ndebele kings or Amakosi. Um, that uh, is Materega on SMS. Uh, let me take some calls here, if I may, uh, Dr. Tijano. Uh, Eddie in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Tolani. Yeah, hi, welcome. Uh, yes, um, look, Tolani, at the end of the day, you know, in Zulu, they have got a saying that says, um, you know, loosely translated, we cannot always agree. But that is different from um, the fact of that we have got a ruling party um, that has taken 
some kind of, of stance that says um, all the intellectualism and all the, the, the big thinkers and all that stuff reside within them. Um, why am I saying this? I'm, I'm a card-carrying member of the ANC. I must state that up front. But uh, I'm very concerned, even this morning when you listen to Dr. Mutsega, the, the fact that um, sometimes as, as, as a people, we as a people know exactly, I'll give you a typical example, like, like the, the, the Gupta Saga, for example, Tolak. Um, the nation at large, it doesn't need you to be a rocket scientist to know what is going on there, but then you've got a ruling party that has to set some kind of uh, 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 agenda or set the kind of conversation and put a platform for everyone to conversate, um, closing that space in a way to say, we know what is good for you, we know what happened with this Gupta plane, and we know that it's not good for you to tell you exactly what happened, okay. but we're going to tell you what we think is good. So when it comes to language um, uh, and tribalism, Tolani, um, as people say, Tata said to say it, it's a coincidence. I think um, within the ANC, as I understand it, obviously, uh, the, the seniority and the, 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 the good standing of members in the party gives them that right to say, look, this guy has got the qualifications or this guy is suitable for this position and okay. therefore they become a minister. All right. So, Eddie, I, I yeah. think that's an important point. Dr. Kahn, let me come to you. Should appointments be made, to, should they be sensitive? There in other words, the we should consider um, all tribal or ethnic groups in, in the country? The ANC has always been sensitive to that. Regional representation, racial representation, gender representation, that has always been a consideration, so it would not be new. Um, what has perhaps happened is that they haven't been as conscious as they used to be. Um, look, people have multiple identities. We, are, we have political identities, we are fathers, we are Tosa speakers, mm -hmm. we have clan names, Mshelo, Zikaba, Khatebe. But there are spaces, appropriate spaces, where we get to exhibit each identity. A president cannot privilege his ethnic identity when he's operating at a national space. What That's that inconsistent. Mean? For instance, look at the controversy around the uh, Brad Murray painting. When artist was criticizing his own president, a citizen criticizing a president, uh, yet the president in his own defense uses his ethnic identity to preclude that criticism, that as a Zulu, Murray cannot use such language towards me. But, but it, even if he may be the president, national president, it, he, that identity is still part of him. Can he not use it? He can be an Umsholos in some crawl somewhere in Ghana, because that's an ethnic space. Uh, he, cannot, he cannot project prominently that ethnic identity hmm. when he speaks of national issues. As I said earlier, we are not building a huge village here. This is a republic, a democratic republic. So what we have to give precedence to are universal values of equality. Uh, so the issue of whether or not I'm Kosa or Zulu, therefore you cannot speak to me like that. For instance, if I were to say Ndindota, you can't speak to me like that. Uh, that would then distort the quality of our conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so, and this is where, this is a major, monumental failure of the ANC. 
that they haven't managed to call their president, that you, you, you are a national figure, a universal figure, a leader of an African renaissance. So you, 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 you cannot um, uh, couch your language in ethnic language and use an ethnic defense about national uh, issues. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, come in, please. No, I, I think now uh, if you look at the reasons that are being raised to justify the resurgence of tribalism, they are so weak that they are almost non-existent. Perhaps boiling down to the resurgence of anti-Zuma uh, presidency. Because to suggest that there should be ethnic quotas in appointments cannot be true. And of course you can't blame people who come from provinces which are monolingual and they come into other spaces where it's multilingualism. You can't expect them to be multilingual on arrival. And to suggest that you can rename Pretoria Tswane uh, uh, because you are a Republican, that cannot be true because, you see, we have heroes and heroines which fought the wars of resistance, which fought in the liberation movement. We need to recognize them. And now uh, also... You see, we talk about unity in diversity in our constitution. That's why we would use concepts like Ubuntu, Wutu, uh, programs like Karigude, Vanapele, Vatubele. We draw from all the languages. So there's no discrimination against any uh, other group. Uh, for another speaker, the name Chwane Chwane was also a, uh, you know, a, 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 a chief. But also, you see, if uh, we say we must uh, recapture positive aspects of our cultures, now if there's something uh, positive in Zulu, why can't the president use it? If there's something positive uh, in Venda, why can't he, he use it? And uh, it's common knowledge that uh, you know even when the president speaks, he would speak in Sotho, he would use uh, a, a, an idiom from Sotho or any other language. There's hmm. nothing strange. All right, let me just go back and to the that, issue. That of cannot ethnic. be against republicanism unless it is narrowly or wrongly defined. Okay, but, but one of the things that you raised, Dr. Mtsakha, is the issue of ethnic uh, quotas and appointments. And, and Dr. Ntetana suggested earlier on that uh, throughout history, the ANC has always been sensitive about those areas. And that is why there's always been meetings uh, throughout history of the ANC, discussions, if you will, about tribalism. That looks exactly into these issues. Is that not a fair thing to suggest, to say, well, let's, let's consider those things because uh, we want in inclusivity? You, you, you know, uh, inclusivity does not have to take place through quotas, uh, uh, except in exceptional circumstances where we dealt with women, because we were addressing a question of triple oppression of, of women. But ANC members are part of uh, one family, and the leadership has a mandate to look at the comrades who would be able to perform what function to advance the uh, national uh, agenda. And you can't bring uh, quotas into such a, uh, a situation. I think uh, that people are trying to find fault uh, with the ANC and they're grabbing on straws. But all these uh, reasons that are given here uh, do not even justify raising the matter for a national debate like this. And, uh, what we should actually be talking about are the efforts that... Uh, the ANC has embarked on for social cohesion and nation building and understand that 
building an organization and a nation cannot be done overnight. Right, fine. Let's find out what people think then. Uh, is it not even worth a national discussion? Navari Nelspreet, what do you think? Good morning. Thank you, Lani. Hi. I, I have, I've never in the in the history of the African National Congress found the, the movement always being indefensive of any other matter of debate. But, but secondly, the ANC has never denied a problem when it arises in society because the ANC always believes that all problems that we confront as society and as organization can be solved through dialogue. So I think that it will be important for the ANC to take stock of what the questions, the questions that people are raising and try to analyze and say, what, how far are we? Because in the ANC we're talking about tribalism. As membership we're talking about those problems of regionalism as well. So it can't be correct that we deny it in the public space. But what we must do is that we must not allow sensationalization of those problems. It's not that bad that people could actually uh, assume to be in a crisis stage. But it's correct that the ANC must continue to speak about tribalism. Thank you very much. All right, that's Nevari. Uh, let's go to Mabo in East London. Mabo, good morning. Good morning, Koloni. Hi, uh, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. You're most welcome. I just want to say to Dr. Mazeha, uh, uh, he, he must uh, transmit my message to the African National Congress that uh, African National Congress must always be careful of the people who will always use the olden days tactics of the divide and rule. This is a way of dividing the ANC while the ANC is going towards the elections of 2014. Many people and some people will always make you believe that you are divided, you are tribalist. We are not tribalist, we are divided. This is a nation in diversity. We are, we are diverse in our cultures, we are diverse in our languages, and it's the, it is the responsibility of each and every member of the African National Congress to uh, enlighten those who think they can say or do anything about each one of us, including the president. If someone does something against our culture, he's also got the responsibility to correct that person and say, in the Zulu nation, you cannot do this. In our closer nation, you, it is against our culture because there are other people who are still uh, blinded about different cultures. Okay. We are in a, a developing state, so we need to teach each one of us. Okay, Mbobo, thank you very much. It's uh, about diversity. Msomi in Durban, good morning. Morning, Pepper. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thanks. Good. I appreciate and I welcome the, 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 the topic. Because, uh, uh, yes, we could do some work uh, on, on tribalism. However, I'm of the opinion that, uh, sorry to say this, but the platform is not the right one. I would have preferred us to have the discussion on Sakina's show on Metro. Uh, I think for the reason that there is more people who would be able to you know, contribute. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything to you know, on, on this discussion. However, I, I just feel that there, there is an agenda. Oh, you know, now that this guy, you know, your guest, you know, is explaining more things, I'm beginning to feel that there is an underlying agenda for him to bring it up like this. Hmm. Uh, but if he's really serious about it, let's take it to Metro and have Sakina talk about it. I, I, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> 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 I've never heard that. <laughs> So I mean, Devin. <laughs> All right, let me read some emails. Uh, there is Tobani Zovu. It seems everyone is against tribalism of any form. The ANC has come against it, yet benefited from it. The IFP is the architect of it. The DA has been benefiting from it for years, uh, but everyone is against it. What this then means is that it will continue for years to come. Now, the question is, 
How do we live with it? That's Toban uh, for an email. Uh, another email just came through a short while ago. The reason why tribalism is and will remain South Africa's Achilles heel is because leaders like Ndadema Tode Mutsekha make statements like he did during uh, this morning when he said stickers like Shumela Venda are not a problem. Those stickers and the 100% Zulu t-shirts reflect a perception that points directly and squarely to tribalism and should be condemned with venom. That's Jabu Malulega Etwato on email. Lesiba has also sent an email that says the NC seems to consider everyone an enemy and this is gradually sinking their ship. They should stop their defensive tricks and accept advices. They no longer care about making sense at all and it is so boring these days to listen to any of the NC leaders on air in public. Lesiba Mulukome who is a publishing editor on email. Let me take Faisal on the line. Faisal, good morning. Hi, good morning, Jelani. Hi, welcome. Jelani, please allow me uh, time to explain my point properly. Yeah. Um, what I want to say is that tribalism to me is a form of racism. I mean, there's no difference, for example, of an Afrikaner who regards himself superior to other people based on the color of his skin, and a king, for example, who regards himself superior based on his uh, royal blood. Now, uh, tribalism has always been there in our country, Tolani, uh, but the reason why we think tribalism is on the crease is because of the ANC policy of appeasement and identification with tribalism. I mean, for example, we've, we've had Jeff Adebe promoting the traditional courts bill to deny a black woman their the rights according to, the, to tribalism. We've had the embassy of, of Umpumalanga uh, now coming through and saying that she cannot interfere but yet in circumcision schools uh, uh, because of, of, of tribalism. We've also had a uh, correction rape in our country, and there's hardly been any response by the authorities in, in, in regard to that. We've had, for example, the barbaric killing of a bull uh, in, in, in Zulu culture, and there's been a silence by the government regarding that barbaric practice. We've also had Jacob Zuma, for example, uh, stating that uh, uh, if he had a lesbian in front of him, he would, he would knock him off his feet. Now, it's, it's exactly that those, those points which I'm trying to say that, that uh, I regard as, as promotion of tribalism within, within the EMC itself. All right. Well, let's see. Dr. Lamdin-Tichang. You see, I think Faisal touches on the issue I was saying earlier. Perhaps let me start off by saying um, anyone who thinks that ANC has not been sensitive to ethnic appointments perhaps should go back and read a bit of ANC history. Um, because this thing has been written about, and, and anyone who knows anything about the ANC history would know that. So I'm surprised that anyone would say on this national radio that there's no such. Secondly, the point that Faisal makes is, is uh, underscores what I was saying earlier, that we cannot invoke ethnic language against an issue of national importance. Um, we know that we've been, we, we are creating to, to, to create a society that is respectful of different sexual orientation. Um, the point that Fraser makes that, uh, the, for instance, the president saying uh, in our Zulu culture growing up, if you came across a lesbian or a gay person, you would knock him out. Um, so these are the, it, 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 it's quite possible that the president was, was saying this with the comfort of knowing that he was in somewhere, in some village, where everyone shares a similar prejudice. But the point is that he's the president. So whatever he says gets national prominence. So that is, that is the kind of effort of, of consciousness 
that we should have as national leaders to ensure that whatever we say reinforces our national identity and our intention to build a human rights-based society. Um, so these are, these, are, uh, uh, these are things that we should be careful about. And, and the idea of denying these things really, is, not, is not quite helpful. I must say, though, broadly speaking, We've been quite good at, at ensuring that we don't give any preferential treatment to any ethnic groups. For instance, if you look at allocation of resources to the various provinces, um, there's no preference of one province over another or one ethnic group over another. Um, as I was saying earlier, the issue of language is, is a very critical one. Um, you know, language is, a, is, a, is, a, is an ethnic barrier, and I, I, I support that fully. Um, but then again, we... we, we we are making strides on the one end and yet going back on the other. Uh, and we need to confront, as Mkobo was saying, we need to confront these, these stereotypes uh, so that we are able to deal with them, so that we create a public intolerance against this thing, the same way we created intolerance against racism. I don't understand why we can't do the same with tribalism. Let's go to Roy in Pretoria. Hello, Roy. Perfect. Yibo. How are you? I'm good. I'm Welcome. good, man. I'm your guest. Yeah. Um, Perfect. My point will be, I'm not sure if I'll be moving away from the topic today, but I'm just worried that we must cut against such critics. And your guest is putting a very clear message that uh, at some stage we had to look at this. But I'm worried if this won't lead at some day to lose, uh, losing capable leaders. Let me give an example. We've got a lady who happens to have led in the healthy department. He improved things. He went to home affairs. He improved things. She's a leader now in the African Union. And if South Africa at some stage is looking for a woman president, it points somewhere. It points to Ngozaza. But will we go now to say again she's a Zulu and now she's a, she was once married to a Zulu who was once a president? That thing will actually lead us to losing capable leaders. Thank you. Right, uh, that's a very interesting one. Uh, uh, before I go to Dr. Matsaka, do you want to respond to what Roy said? It is, there are all these complexities. And I was saying earlier, individuals have multiple identities. They are Zulu, they are nationalists, they are women. It will depend on what identity one projects in public. For me, Nkosa Zanazuma is a woman. Uh, for me, her appointment would be an affirmation of a gender uh, issue, which is which is a quite critical issue in our society. Mm. You know, I, 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 the 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 point I'm making is that you have to be careful of what identity you project, because you come to be seen in that way. If 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 your your, your dominant identity is a Zulu identity, then you be seen as a Zulu, or you can be seen as an African. Mm. Uh, if 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 you project an all-embracing pan-Africanist identity. People would not even know that you're Zulu or Kosa. So it, 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 it's all a matter of personal choice how one defines oneself and how one projects oneself to the public. Mm. Right, Dr. Matsecha, again, just, uh, maybe I should read one or two emails because yes, there's a sense yes, that. Yes, yes, let me just take this one. Okay, please. You know, for instance, uh, this question of Shumela Vendor, I met that kind of uh, uh, slogan and I investigated structurally. That did not come from the ANC. And then also I think people have to distinguish between tribes and tribalism. The reality of the matter is that even in the Bible you have the 12 tribes of Israel. They still exist now. In our country we have chiefs because these are chiefs of certain tribes. What is bad is not the existence of tribes. 
What is bad is uh, the use of uh, tribalism, for, uh, tribes for political uh, mobilization. So, and if that exists, it must be dealt with within the ANC or within society. But I'm saying within the ANC, there's nobody that is mobilizing openly or through our structures, mm. uh, mobilizing through... Uh, so, the so it's the point that... But the, balance, but the balance of evidence is such that uh, this discussion is premature because, uh, as far as it is related to the ANC. Maybe if it's related to society as a whole. Well, I mean, ANC is leader of society. It's leader of society, but to say that inside the ANC... There is a resurgence of tribalism that needs to be. I'm not even with. sure if that's the point of departure, though. I think the point. What, of what, departure is, what, is, what is the point of the departure? The point of departure is that in society there is what is perceived to be a resurgence, and then the issue is about the political management then within the ANC as leader of society. No, you see, with great respect, uh, mm-hmm. you are commentators. Forget the fact that uh, it is the ANC government that has uh, come up with a program for social cohesion and nation building. And it is under that program that uh, these kind of questions, if they arise, should be addressed. Okay. But no one mentions uh, such a national program which uh, uh, can be used to deal with issues like this. And then some uh, you know, unfounded allegations are made against the organization and leaders. It's just unfortunate. I think let's le- learn to debate national issues that have been placed on the on the on the table hmm. like social cohesion and nation building uh, it is there okay. the balance of evidence doesn't show that there is a resurgence of tribalism in the ANC. okay castro and davidson you my last caller before I, I i i get my guest to wrap up good morning good morning Colonel. good morning to your guest sir. hi, hi. Colonel, I, I think i think we need to to allow certain debates to uh, to, to, to to unfold so that they will assist us in, in, in the long run uh, we don't want to uh, explain the situation where we suppress the debates. Later on, we regret. Uh, we find that there are these tribal laws and all those things. The, the, the issue about the stickers of Sumela Venda, 100% plus Zulu, uh, 100% Sotu, those stickers, they don't affect this nation. Uh, it, it's better if we are using the clan, 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 clan names like uh, 100% Motoko, 100% uh, Kremba or, 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 or Msolos, all those things. But to, to identify yourself with, with the trap and say, I'm 100% Zulu, in fact, I'm 100% Soto, whilst other people are listening, it's not being sensitive. The ANC has been sensitive. I agree with Dr. Antizani. And I'm saying, I, that is my appeal to say to the chief whip of the ANC, let, let's allow this debate, let the, let the ANC government try and, 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 and keep this thing by, by, by proclaiming a law that prevents such stickers that says 100% Zulu and so on. We let us promote the clan part so that you know that in South Africa, different type of clans but the Africans, at the end of the day. Right. Castro, thank you very much. I, I, I'm going to have to just ask you to wrap up on this one, Dr. Ligana. But here's, a, here's an SMS, for instance, from Temba in Rastenberg, perhaps, which also goes back to what Dr. Mutsaka was saying, that a debate of this nature is, is anti-Zuma debate that society is raising. Well, we should be self-critical. We should not believe our own slogans to be truth. Um, uh, largely speaking, though, I must say the country is doing quite well. More than 60-70% of people identify themselves as South African. Ethnic identities are not that prominent in their own self-definition. But we should, we should guard against uh, political opportunists um, that, that manipulate what are social realities and give them a political life. 
that is happening and uh, we should guard against that because it has a potential to mm. destabilize the republic. Uh, uh, Dr. Mzaka? Uh, the AU uh, has adopted a charter on African cultural renaissance. And the position of the AU, which is now celebrating the 50th anniversary, is that African culture is important. Now, for uh, leaders of public opinion to suggest that if you appeal to your culture, it means you are not a full Republican, uh, I, I think is a problem. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I've got to thank you both for your time this morning. Dr. Matola Mutsekha, ANC's Chief Whip, thanks indeed for your time. Dr. Mgaris Indejana, Head of the Political Economy Faculty at the Mapungubia Institute for Strategic